T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Welcome to Overnight America with Ryan Recker on KMOX. Sponsored by Michael's Flooring, the flooring experts, michaelsflooringoutlet.com. It's that time of night, you can't stay up tight. So come and join the people and I'm feeling all right here on old. Oh, yeah. One more hour, at least, of the live portion of Overnight America. Then we have a couple hours of replays. Uh, Later this hour, Mike Parsons is a radio producer in Detroit. There's going to be a story that I'm surprised hasn't really been a national story yet. It's the saga of the lost dog on the Detroit River. What a crazy story. He's going to come on a little bit later to discuss that one. I wanted to bring up this You Paid For It on Fox 2. You know I'm a fan of Elliot Davis. There's a couple of different people that I really think are just great at doing their job in TV media. And Elliot Davis, to me, is at the top. I, I, I think he is just the best. And when it comes to journalism, his You Paid For It segment, I just always enjoy. I think he has a very good understanding of the workings of the city. And I think he is the one that really tries to tell a fair story, but also points out a lot of the wasteful things that government puts themselves into and it needs to be confronted. And I don't see a lot of other people doing that. He's got a great ability to tell a story. He did great things on Metrolink. But this one talks about the St. Louis Economic Development Partnership and all the high-priced price tags that go along with it, the salaries, the offices. And when he put this together, I thought, oh boy, okay, what did he find out? And this might be one of them that doesn't translate to radio perfectly because of the visuals of him walking through an empty office where they're paying people hundreds of thousands of dollars a year and no one's in the office working and they're sitting there and all of this office space is costing taxpayers hundreds of thousands of dollars a year and no one's there. So here's the uh, the you paid for it segment that came out uh, a little bit earlier I think late last night. The St. Louis Economic Development Partnership in St. Louis County was the agency Steve Stinger used in the pay-to-play scheme that sent him to federal prison. Officials say a lot of safeguards have been added to keep that from happening again. Okay, so that's a great setup, isn't it? Oh, this is the Stanger stamp of approval right on it. So things got to be good. Oh, a lot of safeguards in place. So that means a lot of questionable salaries and things and money going out. All of that's been cleared up, huh? Let's find out. I tried to catch up with the new head of the agency, but had no luck. 
The partnership is supposed to spur economic development in our area and is funded with taxpayer help from the city and the county. But you're spending plenty on high salaries. Besides the $260,000 for President CEO Rodney Krim, there's an army of six-figure people under him. All right. Did you catch that? The CEO, Rodney Krim, makes $260,000 a year. $260,000 a year. Over a quarter of a million dollars a year. Who's the leadership on this? Dr. Sam Page, Mayor Lida Krusen, Rodney Krim. That's the leaders of this uh, St. Louis partnership. What do they do? Well, part of Fox 2 was trying to figure out what exactly are their successes to justify this. You want to guess what they are? Another uh, ouchie moment for this uh, partnership. All right, let's continue. And your high-paid officials still have those nice offices with a view in Clayton. St. Louis City Board President Lewis Reed has long questioned what you're getting for all your money. I think the high salaries are just out of line. Here's just a sample of the salaries. Besides the $260,000 for CEO and President Rodney Krim, an executive director gets $170,000, chief financial officer $145,000, and get this, I counted five vice presidents, each making between $100,000 and $139,000 a year. There are four other workers who make between eighty dollars and $90,000 a year. All right, so this is a lot of money going out. So why in the world do they have so many people on payroll? What are they doing, and is it beneficial to the city? Do they need five vice presidents making over hundred grand to hundred and fifty grand a year? Is that necessary? And all of these can be and should be questioned because taxpayer money is going to it. Is it just a lot of cronyism? Let's get someone in there that has some sort of political donation and they know a person and they're just being able to get kickbacks. You know, all us Steve Stanger. Is that what we're seeing? It's it's fitting that organizations like this have different ties to corruption like we had with Steve Stanger. And then we can go back and look at this and wonder, why hasn't anything uh, changed? Why is it the, the way it is? I asked for an interview and was promptly denied. I then sent a written request to the agency to tell me what it was doing to push the region forward and earn back taxpayer trust. I also went to the agency's website to see what projects are in the works. The website listed nine current projects, but the most recent was 2017, nearly four years ago. One of the projects they said was in the works was a huge NGA project in North St. Louis. But the Missouri congressional delegation and local elected leaders probably deserve most of the credit for landing that. All right. So you catching this? They're talking about, OK, what are the successes of this organization to go out and say they could justify quarter of a million dollars a year for their CEO of taxpayer money? Uh, well, you go to their website and say, OK, let's see what they have done. And their successes date back to 2017, some of which had nothing to do with them. Hmm. That's not looking good so far. The partnership also listed as a project the region's failed bid to land Amazon's second headquarters here. Isn't that great? I remember that when I first moved to St. Louis, the excitement, the idea, oh, we can bring in 20,000, 40,000, 50,000 new jobs into St. Louis. If we can just woo Amazon with all these tax incentives and we'll give them the world, we'll give them the AT&T building, we'll let them do whatever they want. If they want to go out there and... Uh, start a gang of organized crime and shake down local businesses. Boy, it's Amazon. So we're going to let them do it. They were going to let everything happen. They were going to, if if they wanted to transport their workers around by jetpack, we would have passed a law to let them fly around on jetpacks and drones. 
That's how desperate St. Louis was. And just like every other city, none of which came through, but they're listing attracting Amazon as one of their successes, which is actually a failure because they didn't even consider us. That project went to Virginia and the still deserted Jamestown mall site was also listed. That's a major eyesore in North County and vacant since 2014. Isn't that great? Anyone listening right now, would you point at Jamestown and say that's a success project? Do you think that's something that they should be bragging about? The old Jamestown Mall that closed in 2014, one of the wonderful projects that they can justify their large salaries for? That really riles folks like Mary Kleins, who lives nearby and has been a vocal critic of inaction. While the partnership listed Jamestown Mall, it conceded to us in a statement that the St. Louis County Port Authority has taken over the project. I'm beyond frustrated, especially when I realize the salaries that they're making. They they can't even update their website to give the citizens an updated status. Shame, shame on them. I'm tired of my tax dollars being wasted. Shortly after everyone is. There's so much waste that goes on. So much waste. On Fox 2's website, they have a long list of all the different positions because, you know, when you're talking about taxpayer money and government agencies and things, you can find this. It's something that they have to do. I'm looking at some of the different, um, well, legal assistants, FDI director, assistants, 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 lots of vice presidents. Uh, makes you wonder why they need so many vice presidents or if that's just sort of a quid pro quo type of deal. Maybe someone they knew donated to a campaign and got themselves a nice high paying gig on your tax dollar money. Along with that, uh, this is all bad. This is all very shameful. Shortly after I started asking questions, the agency took down all nine projects from the website and replaced it with a note that said the site is under construction. Taxpayer watchdog Tom Sullivan is along. Oh, that's our boy, Tom Sullivan. Ah, look at him getting a cameo in this one. Taxpayer watchdog Tom Sullivan is a longtime critic of the partnership. Again, it's, it's the way these uh, organizations operate, take the credit for everything and the blame for nothing. Uh, good old Tom Sullivan gets a line in Elliot Davis's uh, piece here. I actually messaged Tom and I said, look at you, superstar. And he's going to come on the show tomorrow night. We're going to talk about this. You paid for it. We're going to talk about all the wasteful spending that goes into it. Really, what have they done? Is it justifiable? And also on top of that, the extra couple of million dollars to putting into the sports park that we talked about last week. There's an update on that. And you heard in the news that, yeah, they've approved that. Is it really a good idea? All of these things need to be questioned and should be questioned. And good for Elliot Davis for taking this up. And he is right to take it up. We'll uh, take a break here and we'll be right back. It's Overnight America KMOX. Listening to KMOX has never been easier. Siri, play KMOX. It's Overnight America. Welcome back. I really enjoyed that article from Fox 2 and Elliot Davis as you paid for. It's a great one. It goes into, I think, a top five you paid for it segments that I've seen since I moved here to St. Louis, which is uh, very good and well worth well worth it. Um, I saw this one story out of the CBC, and I got to bring it up here real quick because there is a uh, story about a woman who ran into some trouble because she was trying to wire some money. It turned out to be a scam, and no one stopped her. So a woman has lost $340,000 in a wire transfer scam, alleges four banks did little to stop it. So she's 43 years old, was rushing to her job selling jewelry in uh, downtown Vancouver. The caller said she was an employee of the Chinese consulate of Vancouver. 
read off her driver's license number, and then told her she was a suspect in an international money laundering scheme. The woman said she was very surprised because she had that sensitive information, that driver's license number. Well, I think you can probably tell right off the bat that the Chinese consulate's not going to be calling individuals saying that, that you are suspected of a crime, so you need to remedy this through us so we can protect you. It doesn't work like that. So um, it was a scammer, obviously, in the beginning of an elaborate wire transfer fraud that has taken a lot of uh, savings from innocent people that have been duped this way. And we're talking about someone that's 43 years old. A lot of times the elderly is targeted for this because they're more susceptible to these scams. They do certain things like say, oh, it's your it's your grandson. Oh, I need money. I'm stuck. Send me money. Or, hey, your computer, it's got a virus. You need to send us money to uh, so we can work on it. You don't want that to your computer to be worthless now, do you? Or they'll try to use it as a way to proposition. Uh, oh, we got a business idea and just get started. Send us some money and uh, we'll send you big checks and you can help us and uh, this will be great and you'll get a percentage or whatever. Or in some cases, they flat out tell you to go buy gift cards. And you send them the number on the gift card. They redeem it. You know, they steal from you in all different ways. It doesn't have to be bank transfers, things like that. So how much money did she lose altogether? A lot. Um, back in May of 18, uh, a crime that's been so bad that people are saying that it's it not only takes their livelihood, but sometimes their lives, they realize they've lost everything and they contemplate suicide for something like that. So they go through and eventually siphon money here and there. Here's, uh, you know, 10,000 here, 60,000 here. And they just keep milking these victims for everything they can hit. The largest wire transfer was $178,000. And she's going out there saying all of these things should have triggered these banks to say this ain't right. Altogether, she lost $340,000 in a wire transfer scam. Just terrible. Do you think that she has any repercussion to go after these banks saying the safety precautions were not in place? Uh, I should have been stopped. None of this should have happened. Anytime you have just a regular person uh, knowing that they don't make large transfers of money, they're not a business. There's no reason for them to be transferring this much money over and over again. You're telling me that this didn't raise a red flag and maybe that you should have, I don't know, stopped it or questioned it or flagged it or called me. You ever tried to make a large credit card purchase and it alerts the fraud team and they give you a call? Hey, was this you that just made this? Only once has that happened in my life. When I was getting married some time ago, a long time ago now, we were buying gift cards for the groomsmen and the uh, bridesmaids, you know, to thank them. You give them a little something for being part of the wedding. You get a little gift package or whatever together. And we bought gift cards and other things for them. And we wanted to, you know, just thank them that way. So I bought a bunch of gift cards. I can't remember, probably 10 gift cards might be worth a hundred bucks each or something. So they look at that and that raised the red flag of the fraud. And rightfully so, that probably would do that. No, that doesn't sound right. Maybe I didn't buy that many. I didn't spend that much money on it. You know, I'm cheap, so don't uh, get me wrong. But either way, I got a call You're and I said, no, no, that's... Yeah, I knew that was coming. I, I had a I had a feeling that was right around the corner. But we got the call and I said, no, that's me. But that's the only time that's ever happened. And that was for like $1,000 or something. It, it, it wasn't crazy. 
maybe 1500 I can't remember how much we spent. No, it wasn't 100 bucks and 10 people or whatever. That that seems like... Uh, maybe it was. All, either way, I could think that a bank would certainly raise a red flag if all of a sudden you're transferring 60 grand when you've never transferred 60 grand before or you're uh, 100 grand or whatever. Why wouldn't they step in and say something? Why wouldn't they? And that needs to be done. And that needs to definitely change in the future because i mean millions and millions and millions are lost sometimes people are afraid to even bring up this topic because they are embarrassed that they fell for it and ways to protect yourself keep in mind that police and government officials don't ask for you to transfer money let alone do they work in a way like emails oh go turn yourself in or give us money immediately or blah blah blah, blah, blah. it doesn't work like that um ignore calls um I, I just do it if i don't recognize the number i ignore it don't even try to humor their threats. They're all empty. They don't really have any leverage over you, but they sound very convincing. If a caller claims that it's, it's too personal and they need it urgently, hang up. I never provide personal information on calls like credit cards, social security, passports, anything like that, because they're using it as a way to try to get information to steal from you, maybe hack your accounts or whatever it is. It's a very dangerous thing to do to humor these ideas. Because they're going to be convincing. They're trained to be convincing. And they're going to, they could catch you off guard before you know it. This poor lady. Hopefully something happens there. But I don't know if her lawsuit's going to go anywhere. So coming up after the break, we'll take a look at your weather. And Mike Parsons is a radio producer in Detroit. Uh, another great radio station up there is WJR. I grew up in Detroit. They're kind of like the KMOX of Detroit in a way. <laughs> it's kind of hard to explain it, but they're one of those legendary stations for that region. And there's a saga of a lost dog on the Detroit River that's really got everyone in Detroit talking. And I saw this online and I thought this has to be explained here. I'm surprised this isn't already a national story that's been covered. So Mike Parsons joins us right after the break on Overnight America KMOX. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. News Radio 1120, KMOX, the voice of the Cardinals. Welcome back to Overnight America. You can find us online, and there's a saga of a little 
tiny dog lost in the Detroit River that has really gripped a region. Joining us from WJR Radio, he's a producer for that station, the great voice of the Great Lakes. Mike Parsons, how are you? Oh, you sounded just like him, Ryan. Thanks for having me on. Does that sound good? I practiced that before. The the voice guy uh, does have that deep, deep voice for the radio station. Those classic great call letters uh, deserve a big, deep voice like that. <laughs> it's the voice of God. Yeah. So the Detroit River, uh, from what I understand from your building, are you able to see the action? Because maybe we should back up for a moment. Kind of set up what exactly went down with this little dog that got caught up in the Detroit River. Yeah, and you, you use the word saga, and that's exactly what it was. It was this epic saga, it started last Wednesday evening. There was a local photographer uh, taking pictures at a park on the Detroit River, um, and through his camera zoom, he spotted a, a little poodle mix stranded on some ice uh, near some islands owned by BASF Chemical, uh, which they use for um, corporate retreats and and, and, and team-building exercises. And the dog was stuck out on the ice and was being followed by some coyotes. So um, oh. this photographer, yeah, I know, it's <laughs> just wrought with peril. And so uh, the photographer posted um, this picture on a very active, very popular uh, local Facebook page. And obviously it got a lot of attention. It caught the attention of a woman named uh, Patricia Trevino, she runs one of the local animal shelters. And so when she saw this on Wednesday night, she went right down to the park to see what she could do to, to, to help the dog. And she couldn't get anyone to go out. None of the local municipalities wanted to go out because they, they said it was, it was too dangerous to actually send a person out after the dog. So eventually she contacted a uh, animal transport service who had a drone uh, but by the time she got a hold of them, it was too dark for them to to uh, to, to put the drone up, drone up. So uh, the next morning, Thursday morning, they put the drone up. They couldn't find the dog, and uh, nobody heard anything from the dog for about a a day and a half until Friday afternoon. Um, the same photographer saw the dog out there again, and yeah. he posted on the Facebook page again. Um, Patricia Trevino walk, rushes down there, now a uh, reporter uh, from our local ABC affiliate by the name of Kimberly Craig. She's out there, so this thing goes viral um, locally. I mean, the, the entire um, southern suburbs of, of Detroit are, are you, know, you know, watching this like a Disney movie. And mm-hmm. so, so they, <laughs> everyone gets out there on Friday afternoon. And they convince a local uh, Canadian fire department to go out to look for the dog. Uh, Just like Wednesday night, it gets dark. They have to call off the search. And and now everyone's like, well, you know, this dog has survived two nights out on on the ice. He's not going to survive another one. But they still go out the very next day. And um, they spank the dog. And they actually convince... um, the contractor who um, who provides airboats to BASF to get people to and from the island uh, to go out and look for the dog. So after about a half hour, um, they find the dog hiding in some uh, trees on the island. They get him into the boat, and they bring him back to a uh, cheering crowd 
on shore safe and sound after uh, three nights out in the out in the elements. It was a wow. it, it was a cold, snowy week in Detroit. So uh, to to call a miracle dog is an understatement. Yeah, this reminds me of that one story in the 80s, that little Jessica down in a well. Like, everyone in the region is just nonstop, 24-7, wanting updates on this little dog. So how is the dog today? Is it okay? Um, last I heard, they took it to a very reputable um, a very reputable animal hospital. Uh, it, it's being treated for some frostbite, and it had some uh, pancreatitis, which... Huh. Which, yeah, I don't know if it got it on the island or it was a pre-existing condition. So uh, the dog is getting IVs, antibiotics, getting a hyperbaric chamber. I mean, this dog's getting better health care than, than you and me. So, um, And it's a young dog. It's about 12 to, to 18 months. So they expect the dog to bounce back. But it, it, he's going to have to be at, at the vet for about two weeks before wow. they can... Proceed. Okay, but it's looking good for that little pup. You know, I don't know what a drone would do to try to fix this thing. Like, how do you, was a drone going to just like swoop down and grab the dog or scare away the coyotes or whatever? Do we know? Uh, I think it was to look for the dog, but I don't know. Maybe it, it tried to lure it, uh, lure it back on a dry land with a sausage. I'm not sure, but I, my guess <laughs> is that it was it, it was it was put up there to 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 see if the dog was out there, and then then they would know where to send help. What happened um, to get the dog out there? Do we know exactly what went down? Was the ice frozen and the dog walked out, or was the dog already on this island? Do we have any idea how it got there? Yeah, you know what? That's, that's, that's part of the big mystery. Um, you know, um, one, uh, one thing that's been happening since this dog has been, been rescued is that there's a lot of people who have come forward claiming that they own the dog. And... Um, and, you know, there is one, one couple who even called up the animal hospital threatening that they would come up and, and, and take the dog um, home with them ASAP uh, to, the, to the point where the animal hospital had to um, call the police and, and kind of have them surveil the area because uh, they felt threatened. So, um, you know, when they, when they got the dog, when they got the dog to the hospital, they had to shave off about two pounds of matted fur and the dog hasn't um, had any of its shots or anything. So um, there's, there's evidence that there was some neglect with this dog um, before he ended up on the ice. So, um, you know, right now the theory is that uh, negligent owners, somehow the dog got out and he ended up on the Island and um, he got chased off onto the ice by some coyotes. And uh, he just kind of had to, uh, just kind of had to find a way to make it through until somebody came and rescued him. Yeah, dog's a survivor. Now, they had to enlist the help of the Canadians with something like this, so doesn't that technically make this an international incident? Yes, that's right. It's, it was a very international slash community <laughs> effort. But, yeah, they, they had to call in the Canadians. And, uh, and, Wait, so uh, where exactly is the border there when it comes to that island? Is that technically in the United States or is that part Canadian or Canada, I should say? Um, I, you know what? I, I would have to look that up. I think it might be bisected in the middle. I think, uh, yeah. you know, you half grew up half. around here. Yeah, Boblo Island. It's kind of like Boblo Island. Part of it's America, part of it's Canada.
Oh, I love Babalo Island. I used to go there all the time. My parents would take me there, and they had the giant Simpsons characters. You have to take the paddle boat out. Oh, that was just wonderful. What a great, what a great day if your parents took you to Babalo Island. Right now, it looks like a, a place where the Scooby Doo kids would would uh, investigate a mystery because you know there's all the abandoned amusement parks, but it's still out there. I didn't know it was still up. I thought someone bought that and took it down. I guess not. That would be kind of strange to go walk through it. I would love that. I, I mean, I would pay money to go walk through Bablo Island again. But what about this one? So BASF, um, they own this island. You said they use it as a retreat. And their main way to get to the island is through like an airboat, kind of like you see down south with uh, the swamps. Yeah, I don't know if I don't know if airboats are are the main mode of transportation, uh, but I know it's one of the modes of transportation, and they had to use an airboat because um, they needed something that could go over land and water. Since uh, since, since the the water and the ice and the terrain over there was so rocky and treacherous, they sort of needed a um, all terrain slash slash um, you know all water type mode of transportation yeah. to uh, even get near the dog. Now, tell me the, kind of the pulse of Detroit and the surrounding areas on something like this. Are they just really upset whoever allowed their dog to get into the situation? Are, are they just happy the dog was found? Or So what are the emotions right now with this saga? Well, you know, like like every news story, it changes. I think uh, it went from, you know, of course, there was the emotional roller coaster to, you know, the dog is saved, the dog is doomed. And then once the dog was saved, you know, it, it, there was just this big, big sigh of relief. Um, and then, um, you know, when, when, when the, uh, the owners came, the quote unquote owners came forward who were threatening the, the animal hospital came forward, um, and you found out more about their backstory, how this dog, um, it only survived because it had two pounds of, of matted fur on it, um, uh-huh. which is a sign of neglect and the dog had no, um, had no shots and the people who claimed to, um, claimed to have owned him, um, you know, said that they gave him away to, to a cousin and they, they have a couple other dogs, uh, which makes it sound like they're, they're backyard breeders. You know, right now I think it's kind of gone from concern about the dog surviving out on the ice to happiness and relief that the dog's okay to now people are worried that he'll be put back into a situation that's not optimal. So I think right now people are hopeful and a little bit nervous, hoping that uh, this dog, if, uh, if, if his real owners are out there, he'll be returned to a loving home. And if not, uh, you know, he'll be put up for adoption and there'll be a, a line around the block for him. Cause he's, you know, he's the most, he's the most famous dog in Michigan. Aw, good as it should be. I almost I would feel more inclined to roll the dice with other owners because uh, I don't know. It matted after all that fur goes to show you that uh, I don't know how long the dog's been out there, and then you have to yeah. have at least some proof that you tried to find the dog and no shots or anything at that age. Now that's not good either. Uh, so well, all of these things point to someone else would be better off looking after this pup. Yeah, and uh, and and. Um the, the the female in the couple, she she was on the news and she was quoted as saying, because in, in the state of Michigan, uh, a dog has to have, by law, a rabies vaccination well before their first birthday. And, you know, she was on the news and she said, well, I didn't find it necessary to give him a rabies shot because he's not around other wild animals. I'm like, not around other wild animals like, like that coyote 
on that island that he got on for your own neglect. It's like, mm-hmm. you know, stuff like that. It's just like, it's like, okay. I mean, if this, if, if this dog really came from that home, these people shouldn't have pets, pets at all. So yeah, I'm with you. I, I, I think, uh, uh, I, I'm with you and I think I'm with everyone else familiar with the story, hoping that they place the dog up for adoption and give it a, a better shot at a better home. Yeah, I tend to think this might be a better Pixar than a DreamWorks movie because it does have a good ending so far. I want to see it go that way, but I get some serious Corella DeVille Disney vibes from this one person that is coming up with all these excuses. They couldn't take care of the animal before. You know, why do we have any indication they'll be able to take care of the dog in the future? So let's hope that whoever does end up adopting this dog, you know, I would be much feeling I'd feel a lot better if it was someone actually working at the agency that rescued them taking the dog in because then we'll get updates at least and it'd be a good publicity thing for them to you know help animals and they could probably use it as a way to help many other animals in the future yeah I agree and actually the photographer who discovered the dog twice has actually uh came out publicly saying look if this dog's up for adoption you know put me in that lottery so I think I think uh, a lot of people are, are rooting for that guy um uh, a man by the name of Tim Epperly um, to to get the dog. I know he's got my vote. I mean, he's the one. He's the one who set the entire uh, the the entire rescue in motion. So, um, if, uh, if that dog is placed up for adoption, uh, that that's 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 who I would put my money on. What a topic! Just out of quick uh, curiosity, how many uh, segments can you milk a topic like this for on air at WJR? Ah, uh, let's see. Let's see. Is this dog a is this dog a, a, a socialist or a conservative? That's probably that's probably that's a, you can probably get about an hour and a half off of that. Oh, good. Mike Parsons is a WJR radio producer out of Detroit to talk about that saga of the lost dog on the Detroit River. Glad that they have the pup in is the pup is now safe. Thank you so much for coming on and talking about that story here on uh, KMOX. Hey, from one legendary set of uh, call letters to another, thanks for having me on. It's been an honor. Very cool. Mike Parsons is a radio peep. We talk on Facebook as uh, radio people seem to like to connect with each other for some reason. He's one of the cool ones, and I'm glad he came on tonight. He joins us on the Bomberito Automotive Group guest line. This is Overnight America KMOX. Now back to Overnight America on KMOX. Sponsored by Michael's Flooring, the flooring experts. Michaelsflooringoutlet.com. Just a couple of minutes here before we say goodnight, and then the replay hours come up after that. You're going to hear from Sarah Klein, a uh, former gymnast and also known as the first known victim of Larry Nasser, the uh, monster up at Michigan State. He's the one that was the physician that took care of a lot of uh, gymnasts and such. Found guilty, uh, you know, we're talking hundreds of victims. And she now is a trial lawyer focusing on representing victims of sexual abuse. Larry Nassar still trying to appeal his sentencing, and that may even go to the Michigan Supreme Court. The next step, we're going to have her on to talk about that. Also, Adam Weiss is a media and political strategist and the CEO of his uh, PR group, the AMW PR. The lack of hard journalism we're seeing during the Biden administration is really disgraceful. So we're going to have a conversation about that, too. And then as part of the replay hours, um, we'll have Illinois lawmaker is saying that the Grand Theft Auto video game should be banned because it leads to carjackings. I I think that's a joke, but that'll be part of the uh, replay hour, too, coming up. But before we get to it, I'm always a fan of Kevin Colleen and his latest 
whole nother story on marriage licenses. I'm standing in line at the metal detector, and I hear you say you're coming in to get your marriage license. Yes, I feel like I'm getting right now. What's right. This, who are you going to marry? What's the story? I fell in love with this girl about four years ago. What does your uh, fiance do for a living? She's a, she's a nurse. Well, she she always been in the in the health field, but she moved to Florida like 2005 or something like that, and she became a stripper. And she made a lot of money. She be, she became a stripper. And did you see her as a stripper? No, sir. I ain't see none of that. So that was before your time. But she like to dance for me now. <laughs> that was for my time. Yeah. She's she 48 years old now. She's too old to be stripping. Yeah, she well. Was, I'm going to put a pole in the house, though. <laughs> Got a 20-foot ceiling. How are you going to put a pole up that high? Yeah. Does she know about this? Is that part yeah, of prenuptials? She know about everything. Now, you've been living with her for a few years? Don't we stay together. Yeah. What, what? So many people don't get married. What makes you want to get married, get a I'm license? I'm in love with her. I'm 57 years old. I need to find me a wife. Like my daddy told me, you need to. He told me to find me a wife. I said, what do I need a wife for? No, he said, you get old, son. You won't be by yourself. So you're, now you say to yourself, you don't want to be alone when you get old. I don't old, want to be alone. I hate being by myself. Me and my guitar. I put the guitar down for her. I played them notes, though. <laughs> yes, sir. Yeah, well, yes, it sounds like you're very committed and you're ready to get the piece of paper and make it, it official. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. Now, do you have any qualms at all? No. No reservations? No. I'm, I'm, I'm going in all things like the Titanic, full steam ahead. Like the what? Titanic, full steam ahead. You're going like the Titanic. <laughs> yes, See, I'm a ex-Marine, <laughs> and I take charge. I, I got to keep on marching, you hear me? Yes, true. It's a good thing that they have the Marriage License Bureau at City Hall. Those customers are the happiest people marching into the building. With a whole other story, I'm Kevin Killeen. Uh, uh, if I'm Beth, our news director here at KMOX, I'm sending Kevin Killeen down to City Hall and talking to anyone applying for a marriage license at least weekly. <laughs> that fall oh, my goodness uh, that's another great whole nother story great uh thing to stumble upon well enjoy the rest of your night replay hours are coming up next i'm on facebook if you hate social media and facebook but you're still on it for some reason look me up at ryan wrecker radio we'll be back again tomorrow night at eight have a great night bye my heart beats with the lonely rain wishing i could see your face again change the
T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.